What's up, everyone? Welcome to the livest TV review and film and entertainment news podcast in the universe. Who are we? T- <laughs> TV channel. You, and you, you, should- kept, you were so hesitant. I wasn't sure when you were going to start. I'm like, wait, what? So, TV channel. <laughs> you, you, you should know you why I was doing that. The reason is because I was giving a little Bob Fosse. I had the jazz hands going, <laughs> and I, I was really looking up in the sky to do this, picturing my audience or our audience in front of us. <laughs> All that jazz, Fosse, jazz hands, kickball chains, and stepball chains, and pot of beret. That's what I was doing. You should, right. you should have seen TV channeling. TV channel, channel, TV. <laughs> okay, we can't, we can't, we could, we would do this all day. Yes, guys, TV channeling. We are so happy to be back. My name is Tachi, and my name is Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jazz hands, Kevin. <laughs> Shockingly, this isn't our our our, uh, our top five jazz TV shows episode. <laughs> Because oh, this would be a perfect oh. intro for that. It would be, but is that even such a thing? I, I, I don't mean. think there is it. Yeah, there's not enough shows <laughs> to do our top five jazz shows. There's like but one. this <laughs> is a this, this is not a top five episode. This is even more special, Tanchi. Normally we've done top fives, but we've heard so much blowback from parents saying that we are bad role models to kids because we cheat so much with our top fives, squeezing in eight, nine favorites in the top five. So you know what? We've listened to you. We want we want to be part of the the answer, part of the solution. We don't want to be part of the problem. So what we're doing is <laughs> We believe the children are our future. <laughs> we at TV channel, we're gonna teach them well. We're gonna let them lead the way, Tachi. <laughs> That was supposed to, that's your theme music that's playing as you inspire children. We're going to give them a sense of pride. No, to make it easier. Anyway, all right. Okay, let me stop. Well, we're going to let the children's laughter and our laughter lead us into beginning this, I guess. Okay, so what we're going to actually do is we're going to do... Uh, two top fives of the exact same category. So now some naysayers might say, isn't that a top 10 list? No, it isn't. Mate, it's just a top five <laughs> list. Damn it, that means you can't count. It's, it's top, top five, five part twice. two. Part it's two. top so, five squared. Exactly. We're, we're doubling your top five pleasure. Oh, so in part one, <laughs> we're going to give you our top five. What the blank? Because we love kids. This is a family podcast. <laughs> so rather than saying the word we're just suggesting it Suge- what the blank were they thinking when they came up with this show idea so top five shows that left us like how did this get made who did somebody sleep with to make this happen again thanks for listening kids but anyway exactly <laughs> basically our dot 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 the hell show exactly what the blank so tachi what is your number 10 uh top of 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 shows of like what that left you scratching your head like how the hell did this get made Mm. so mine is my first one my number 10 is an animated show other people may not agree with me and the fa- the funny thing is i even watched this and i was still like what the hell is this Ren and Stimpy. 
is my number 10. <laughs> the hell did oh that nonsense get made? People watched it and people loved it. And I know people, there's a huge cult following and they want Ren and Stimpy to come back. That was a um, Nickelodeon show. Is it Nickelodeon or Cartoon Yeah, it was Network? a Nicktoon. It was Nickelodeon. A it was a Nicktoon. So I, I know people are from the 90s, our diehard stands for Ren and Stimpy. And like I said, I used to watch it. How the hell ever? The whole time I was like, the hell did this get made? Who thought that this nonsense was a good idea? I don't know. So Ren and Stimpy is my number 10. Did okay, you use I always, I, I, I'm, I know Ren and Stimpy, but I never got through an entire episode. And I always thought that was because I do not partake in the cannabis. And so I thought that that show was for people that were just straight up all kinds of high. Much like- Oh, hell had, yeah. There are, there are quite, honestly, there were quite a few Nickelodeon shows. There were, does it, did anybody remember Cat Dog Cat or Cat Dog? Where it was like- Cat, it was a dog on one end and a cat <laughs> on the other end. And I, it was just, what the heck? Again, that character needed no bathroom breaks. Cause I, I, I have no idea what, I guess, brought to you by the people who um, uh, created Human Centipede, a Nickelodeon kid show called Dog Cat or Cat Dog. Uh, they, uh, so there were a lot of shows like that. And a lot of people accuse SpongeBob of being one of those other shows that was designed specifically for people who were experiencing an altered state of consciousness. All this ish is for people that are high. You're absolutely right. Run and Stimpy is hilariously funny to, you know, people that are high and maybe kids. So what does that say? I'm just saying. Okay, you know what? People that are getting high are trying to recapture their childhood. That's what it teaches us all. They're just, they're just trying to embrace their inner child. That is a terrible lesson. <laughs> so, that's what so, you should tell the cops when they're trying to arrest you. She was, I was just trying to embrace my inner child. Okay, see if that works as bail. For <laughs> According you. to Kevin <laughs> Williams of TV channeling. And they'll be that's like, right. I'm a TV channeling fan too. And then you won't get arrested. You know, I love the fact that you live in this world where all of that really exists. Good for you, Kevin. <laughs> Good for you, Kevin. Well, that explains why I don't do drugs. I'm already in an altered state. You are in an altered state. <laughs> B, altered state squared. Okay, that's you. But we no. love you anyway. Excellent pick, though. No, I often wonder. I don't even understand what the whole premise. They were like friends. They were like one was kind of a dog and one was a rabbit. I, I don't know. What no, the no, one was. Okay, I think they were. One was a cat. Um, Ren and Sippy. No, do you have a synopsis of what Ren and Sippy? What did they? How do they even describe the show? You want me to have a synopsis too? About <laughs> I get um. So I don't know how they described it, but one is a cat and one is a dog. Um, Stimpy, no, Ren. Ren is the dog, and he's a Chihuahua. Hence oh, why you he know, has. I, always, a, I thought that he was a rabbit. Okay, <laughs> he was a Chihuahua. He, he's a rat. Right? Yeah. Well, hence why. And see, that's also a little stereotypical. That's why he also had like a Mexican accent. You're right. Because I just mm -hmm. been thinking, why is this rabbit Mexican? And not just Mexican. He was like a cholo. Uh, I guess Chihuahua, Cholo Chihuahua. He was. You know, that, yeah, he was. Actually, a, that that would have actually been a better name for the show, the Cholo Chihuahua. And then at least it would have explained why he had it. It just didn't make any sense to me. So I, I have it. It's um an American TV series uh, created by uh, Nickelodeon. And it follows the adventures of the title characters, Ren, who is an unstable chihuahua. 
unstable, they said, and Stimpy, who's a good-natured yet dim-witted cat. So, yes, they're a dog and a cat. Okay, so they were dogs and a dog and cat. So, okay, th- wow. It yeah. was not mm-hmm. clear by the character design to me what the hell they were, but th- I'm glad so, <laughs> you've answered high people, High people designed it clearly because you can't, yeah, you can't tell. I just kind of figured it out. But yeah. Wow, well, you were way ahead of the game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, for as long as I could watch it because that show, I told you, I'm like, mm, why? So off of Ren and Stimpy, on to your number 10 pick, Kevin. I can't wait to hear <clears> it. <throat> All right. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're going to remember this, but this show uh, was based on a Geico insurance commercial, of all oh things. Oh, my God. It was, it was actually called Cavemen, and it focused on a trio of Neanderthals struggling to live in modern-day America. And the show actually uh, came out, I believe, in 2007. Anyway, it made it to 13 episodes. And with the weirder thing, okay, it's a weird concept to the start with. It's a show based on some popular commercials that would basically just show like you know neanderthals uh you know with the with the unibrow and the big forehead um you know uh the crow magnon type knuckle dragger kind of look but they would be dressed like preppy and just like regular dudes but they were just neanderthals and so when they came up with the backstory for the show because it was just a commercial for uh the insurance company how did they pad it out so I actually thought I did research in the course of uh, com- compiling my list, and I remember that show thinking like, "What the hell were they thinking?" Oh, but it was so much worse the, uh, when I actually did my research because I assumed that it was like an unfrozen caveman kind of thing, like from SNL skit where you have like the idea was the premise there was unfrozen caveman lawyer where it was like he'd be like, "I'm just a I'm just a caveman lawyer who was unfrozen, um, uh, and 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 now I'm trying to make it in a modern day world." Was the whole joke of uh, those series of skits and so yes. i assumed that these were just some unfrozen guys trying to make it into modern day america no what the premise of this show was is that neanderthals were just an uh just a minority group in the world of this show <laughs> so they just continued to exist they were just very few of them and they were basically just like living in la three of them there was uh joel his brother andy and uh their cynical uh, uh self-absorbed roommate nick and they were just living you know just trying to make it in a modern day world living. just some uh, yeah and so it was just like what so it's like it's even wackier that premise that just like so so why is it so confusing for them to make it in a modern day world because they've just they've grown up in a modern day world so it doesn't even the fish out of water it's it's just a visual joke that you see somebody with that unibrow walking around with a briefcase so that doesn't how do they think that's going to be a show how do you think what, what are going to be continued jokes at least if it was the idea that there was somebody who was literally around like with uh, uh, saber tooth tigers like if you froze Fred Flintstone and then woke him up in 2020 and how will he acclimate to our society and like uh what is a computer what is facebook that is more interesting than the idea it's like oh no he's fred flintstone there's there's been cave dudes forever and we're just used to them being around so then he's used to us so it's not what is the show it doesn't make any sense so the pitch meeting when they were when they were selling this to abc i'm shocked that somebody didn't just like no you don't have a show so many of the things on my list are basically the same kind of thing where it's like like the reason why so many SNL there have been lots of SNL movies where they take a very popular character and make a movie out of it and something can be funny for four minutes 
Mm-hmm. It's not funny for 90 minutes and even worse, trying to make it into a, a a half hour a week or an hour, even worse, an hour a week. Some of these ideas just do not hold up to that kind of length. I don't know in what world. They, OK, so let me say this. We truly are TV twins because that was on my list for next week. So, <gasps> oh, my God. consequently i'm gonna have to pull one of my others because i was like i knew it i knew it we are such tv twins i knew we were gonna have crossover at some point but i concur who the hell thought that making a that uh, that's like okay you know flow from progressive exactly that actually would be a better i'd rather that would be a better show as as opposed to a a show about three cavemen uh, uh roommates Exactly. That would be a better show because she's actually expanded into other characters if you if you remember. So that's her fa- No, she plays her family members and stuff like so actually her her dysfunctional family would actually be a lot more interesting of a show. We're probably giving them an idea, Tachi, right now for free. But <laughs> okay, don't we it, always oh, do was, this? Oh, oh my god, Tachi, I've already named the show. It's called Go with the Flow. Ooh! <laughs> Ooh! But see, we gave them the idea and we gave them a title. We're not gonna get a damn thing for this. <laughs> Not a damn thing. <laughs> that is, but that is so good. Oh, network executives, please call us. We will oh. basically save whatever you, we could. Oh my God, we would have so much success together. Why aren't you calling? Blow our slide into our DMs. Slide in now. All right. Do you, do you want them to slide into our DMs for such for something else? Because that's what it sounds like. <laughs> no, I want them to slide into our DMs to hire us with oh. a quickness, so we can we can basically do hit TV shows like Go with the Flow, which would be, be a huge success. It if would we be. were behind, if we were executive producers. It, we could make it happen, Tachi. It, that's true. <laughs> All right. So, what is your number nine? Okay, my number nine is another animated pick. Yeah, pick on animation. Do you remember a little show that was stop motion animation that was set in the Cabrini Green like projects? Oh my God, the PJs. (laughs) That is my number nine. Why, why, and why again? So this show was actually created by Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy uh, played the the lead, the head character, who was supposed to be the like the super in this building. And Loretta Devine played the wife. And so it was Eddie, Eddie, it was created by Eddie Murphy and Larry Wilmore and Steve Tompkins. Now I didn't know Larry Wilmore had anything to do with this. But hmm. so it was set, it took place in an urban housing project, Cabrini Green, like it was kind of modeled after uh, Cabrini Green. And it was the it, it, the Murphy Company, Will, Will Vinton Studios in association with Touchtone. Remember Touchtone? Touchtone Television. They did the Golden Girls, too. Um, yep. It was Disney's first adult animated series. I, we, look, I have, I have no problem with comedy. I have no problem with poking fun at things that actually happen. There are actually projects. There are actually funny things that happen in the projects. What I don't like is that it came out at a time where it was um, 1999. So 
it came out at a time where there wasn't a whole hell of a lot, a lot else about black people on television. So not only do we ha not have a lot on television about black people at that point, I mean now, but especially then, you don't have a lot about black people at that point. So what you do have on is a cartoonish parody of Project Life? Who's who, who thought that was a good idea? Oh, I have no I have no idea. I think that that's probably why Larry Wilmore was keeping it on the DL that he had anything to do with that horrible horrible show. Well, we know now, Larry. <laughs> You're being called out. Uh, we're calling you. Yeah, you were part of it. So before the Daily Show and Larry Wilmore and Insecure and all this stuff, you were part of this dastardly PJs. I just thought it was like I, maybe some other people found it funny. Maybe I did not. So plus rest a, well, PJs. Plus, Sorry. it was a super. It was a super. Actually, it wasn't actually stop uh, motion. It was designed. It was computer. I believe it was computer animated, but it to make look to look like stop motion. Cor correct, correct. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't actually stop. I don't think it was actually stop motion. You're right. I think it was actually computer animated. But I need to check on that because it was damn good stop motion. <laughs> I mean, good damn good computer animation. If it was not, yeah, it was, actual it stop motion. Made it look like that's how they because they, the the stop motion process takes so long. It would take forever for them to do a 22 minute uh, episode. You know, 22 of them a year. They wouldn't have been able to do that. So it was definitely computers uh, were used to. Uh, uh, you know, to animate that was a a, a computer generator. That, that there's other shows that do, that that can emulate that look with computers and not really doing stop animation. And in fact, to my point, some some social activists, um, of course, Spike Lee being one, accused the show of depicting negative racial stereotype of life in the projects. So, I mean, I think for me, that was a, a, a big thing. We already don't have a lot of depictions, and here you come with this nonsense. Come on, Eddie. So. Oh no! It was it was an absolutely gross show, a gross idea for a show, poorly executed, horribly written, and playing into so many stereotypes. It's just like, ugh, God! It's just it, there's something particularly despicable to me when people do their own kind of step and fetch it thing. It's one thing to have some other outside group basically play on stereotypes that have been perpetuated. Uh, by racist, but to have the people from that own their that group perpetuate those stereotypes just is uh, super gross. Exactly. You look things that work in a stand-up comedy routine do not always work in a twenty-two minute sitcom for broadcast TV. How many seasons did the PJs um, endure, or how Two. how many how they how many years how many seasons did the America have to endure of the PJs? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The better way of putting it. Oh, well, both the, the, they endure and did we have to endure two years. There were 44 episodes, um, and that that was it. So canceled in 2001. Ugh, not quick enough. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so my so, number nine pick. Uh, oh, are you, are you done? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to ask you, but since you took it upon yourself, uh, roll with it, Kev. <laughs> okay, so my number nine pick is okay. I'm I'm trying to I'm already trying to explain why I chose this. This is more some of my picks are more archetypes that bug me. Um, this is just uh, this show was called Stalker and it was a 2014 uh, uh, CBS procedural. And to give you an idea of how thoughtful this was, let me read you the the incredibly long synopsis. A team of detectives investigate stalkers in Los Angeles. 
And that's it. That's the that's the synopsis. It starred uh, Dylan McDermott, and it he played this really <laughs> he played this really gross New York detective. So in other words, he's New Yorker, and he comes to L.A. So he's a fish out of water. And the first thing he does is he actually starts sexually harassing um um uh his female partner, and he basically says to her like, "Well, why are you you know uh, doing your hair and, and painting your fingernails red if you don't want men's attention?" I'm just like, "Wait, this is what? 2014, right?" I'm I. I kid you not. I kid you not. So it's like he basically was baffled by why she wouldn't want his advances if she was if she she had her painted her fingernails red. So clearly she was up for all comers, right? I mean, it was. I was like, oh, so there's that element of it that was like super gross. But to give you an idea, the whole show was basically just about you know men serial they, they could have just called it yet another serial killer show. But it was basically about women being victimized by men. Week after week after week. And to give you an idea, let me read you some of the synopsises of other episodes. Oh, please. So, Beth and Jack search for a stalker with a... a an, an affinity for fire um and uh, uh and then uh, so basically he was setting girls on fire so if you didn't catch that and so fun for the whole family another one was <laughs> stop it stop it <laughs> another one was uh when a bride is shot by a sniper during her wedding ceremony jack and beth are called in to determine if her stalker has come back to haunt her well yes <laughs> the show is called Stalker, <laughs> and she got shot at her wedding. So my guess is yes. It turns out that her stalker is back. <laughs> like, oh my god! Another one of of my faves of the very few episodes there were synopsis is a few days before Halloween, a girl is attacked at a costume store, with the resulting case revolving around the house the girl and her best friend have moved into, which is quote allegedly haunt it's not haunted it's a stalker that's oh my god so anyway <laughs> the, the idea that you could have a show first of all there's already a little show called law and order svu special victims unit to mm -hmm. deal with sex crimes to deal with stalkers and stuff like that but when mm -hmm. you have a show that's called stalker a stalking is a very specific thing where someone's following you and someone's looking at you on social media and threatening you for a long period of time so the idea week in week out of seeing women being stalked and what new fun ways can we find them to stalk women what new fun ways can this new stalker try to kill women it was just seriously seriously and Dylan McDermott signed on to do this. And not only was he a, a person investigating stalkers, but he was a super pervy guy trying to hit on his coworker and basically saying that she was asking for for having her fingernails painted. I mean, what? it was like, seriously. Was this created by the Weinstein Company? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he, he if he didn't, he wanted to executive produce. I But bet. it was just... Anyway, to me, it's one of those. Again, this goes into the story meeting when you're when you're having the pitch meeting, and they're like, "We want to do a show about a special task force that looks into stalkers." And you're just like, "Well, how many different ways are these stalkers going to kill women? Oh, we have tons of different ways to kill. We can we can douse them in gasoline. We can rape them in Halloween stores. We have all kinds of ways to brutalize women week after week after week. You know what? We're green lighting this with a quickness. So I, I just ah." It, that, it's that's a terrible premise number one uh number two good riddance to be canceled uh number three dylan mcdermott what the hell were you thinking number four um 
well, this is, I don't, I don't want the show to exist, but nomenclature of this stalker, that indicates that every week there's like, there's no element of surprise. Not that exactly. you want that. Well, that's, this, that's what I'm saying. When they, when they, in the synopsis, when they ask like, when a, when a bride is shot on her wedding day by a sniper, has her soccer, yes, her soccer's come back because the show is called soccer. So, <laughs> so exactly. stupid. Well, you know what? The whole thing is they could have also done more subtle uh, or subtle, I should say, uh, nomenclature like, um, who's watching me or something like that. Well, you know what I'm saying? Where it's not like stalker. We know it's a stalker. Can you play around with the title or better yet? How about don't have the show? It should have been called stalker slash serial killer. Cause basically almost all the stalkers were serial killers. So it was just like, ugh. it was just, ugh. no, that no. sounds horrible. Kudos to whoever canceled it. Yeah, thank you, CBS. Well, they should have never let it come on the air, but I think it only lasted for like nine episodes, but that was nine too many. Ooh, CBS, that's less Moonves. Yeah. Ooh, oh my. Moving <laughs> yeah. on. Moving on. <laughs> All right, so Tachi, what's your number eight? Okay, so my number eight, I don't know if you, you, you probably, you're a TV addict like me, so you probably remember this quite well. This is actually not a, it was not an ongoing series. It was a special, an annual television special that happened every year. It was on CBS and it was called Circus of with the, the Stars. With the Star. Oh, okay. Circus of the Stars. I was thinking Dancing with the Stars. Circus, dance, circus, of, with circus the stars. of the Stars. And what it was, it was celebrities, uh, celebrities perform circus type acts. So. I remember very well Brooke Shields was walking over glass and I remember we were all watching it and my father like she you know cut her she's walking over glass and her she cut her foot and of course they're all zeroed in on the foot and my father said in Igbo our language she's hurt she's hurt herself see her I was I nearly died laughing when when he said that but my thing is Circus performers have been trained to be able to do these things and you and have been doing them probably for most of their lives. You got a call from CBS two weeks ago and you think that you're going to be ready to be on Circus of the Stars? Who does this? And who thought it was interesting? But here's the thing. Maybe not everybody agrees because it was all, they had 19 episodes. So it went from 1977 to 1994. Wow, I had no idea that that was a thing for that long. So it, apparently it did very well for them. Well, honestly, I actually think the it that actually is to me could be a fun idea. The only the only issue is how much time they would give them to rehearse or to practice or how much time the star even had to do it. Because my guess is Brooke Shields' mother or her, and her people at the time were like, uh, when they get a when they get the call from CBS saying, Does, "Will your daughter be a part of this uh, special?" The answer was like, "Well, what can she do that she has to have the least amount of time?" you know, uh, away from modeling to prepare for. So like, oh, we can have her walk across on, walk on glass. That takes zero practice. And so <laughs> she can just show up on the day and take her shoes off and walk across some glass. And then that that's it. And, and clearly so, she didn't practice because she cut her damn foot. But again, I don't even understand what kind of practice, what pra I've never understood. That's one of those tricks. I mean, like at least with the thing, like where people walk on hot coals, one of the things is the idea is if you walk fast enough and 
one of the keys is keeping socks on and having your feet kind of uh uh having your feet get um what's the word like have perspiration because what what happens is you have a little bit when you walk on the coals there's steam and that protects your foot for a while correct so you've got to do it fast i don't know damn it i I what well, you know would watch it, but it was not like that's that that tells you if the only thing that really stood out to me was Brooke Shields and her foot on glass. That lets you know that I wasn't very impressed by Circus of the Stars. Okay, nonsense. well, part of it I have to say, since this was that was pre-internet, I think part of it was let's I I hate to be real or give you an, a wake up call. I actually think that part of it was just actually seeing like the women in the provocative skimpy circus wear so when you're going to basically be like on a, a high wire act or a trapeze act you're going to put like some busty you know starlet some you know girl from some show is going to be in some super tight outfit uh and so i think that was part of the appeal appeal as well Oh, it absolutely was. There was this whole sex appeal thing to it. Absolutely. Even that was though it wasn't just was women, the, but... Yeah, I was going to say, that was one of the draws for another show called, uh, at the time, that was the same kind of idea. It was a Battle of the Network Stars, which, which there was a parody on uh, SNL called uh, Battle of the T and A's, where, <laughs> they, <laughs> where they basically just show close-ups of, like, of women running without bras and T-shirts, and they're like, with your favorite stars, Stars, and they would say the names of the stars would just show close up of these of these women running in slow motion with you know they're very well endowed uh you know bouncing in slow motion <laughs> just like hey, with with so and so with Lonnie Anderson and all these <laughs> with uh with uh the with the Charlie's Angels and showing them uh, these women and uh, three women uh, bouncing up and down and it was just but that was a huge part of why people were watching those shows. Me People are so simple. That's all I have to say. Simple. Wow. Well, look at the look at the look at the like the Sports Illustrated issue. Why is that even still a thing? I mean, there was a time before like the internet when people had to like actually like leave their house to go buy pornography, but now you have access to it. Sorry kids that are look <laughs> <laughs> The views expressed. <laughs> <laughs> My dear. But anyway, my. <laughs> mm. Anyway, <laughs> listen to your parents, kids. But anyway, but there's. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, please. So now. So anyway, so there, so it's a different world now where you don't. But I don't understand why Sports Illustrated still exists. Who was that for? But it's not. I mean, Sports Illustrated the, with the swimsuit issue. Actually. Does it? St it does exist, yes, but it there still, was, it still exists. No, it still exists, but they made a change somehow. I don't remember exactly what it was. Well, the big beyond. No, all I can think you're probably thinking about the the big news that was made. I think last year was when they had the first woman in a burkini. A spread was okay. Uh, that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they still have basically the 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 main you know uh, call of action is like you know hot models in tiny swimsuits. That's the that's what the bread and butter and have them leaning on palm trees, leaning against palm trees uh, on all fours uh, as a wave crashes on their nubile body. That is basically the draw. But my point is, is just like yeah, you can you can get there's the internet has more pleasures to be had than that. Oh my god. So, so <laughs> thanks, but, thanks for letting us know that, Kevin. But all I'm saying is that I think was one of the draws of Circus with the Stars. 
of the stars. Something, something in stars. So sorry to all of you who participated in Circus of the Stars, but I thought it was foolish. But apparently all of America didn't because you lasted for 19 uh, years. Yeah, so, so actually that one, that to me, that one doesn't seem that crazy to me. It was just, I think that was their answer because I believe uh, ABC owned uh, uh, Battle of the Network Stars and they wanted a taste. And so their idea like, well, how can we get like, you know, like the, 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 the Charlie's Angels in skimpy outfits on our network? And they're like, you know what? Let's do a circus and we can all put them in like, you know, one uh, in like a, a basically the same thing that Beyonce wears for every concert. That's another thing. Does Beyonce know that other clothes exist? Beyonce has been wearing like a one-piece swimsuit in every performance for the last decade. Oh, oh yeah, no. The the bodysuit leotard thing, that is her uniform. So Yeah, and so basically she is ready. She's already ready to be on on if they bring back Circus of the Circus of the Stars. She can just wear any of her regular costumes and she can base, walk on walk on a high wire. She's ready to go. Beyonce could buy Circus of the Stars. She doesn't have to be on it. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Solange. When Solange is going to be on Dancing of uh, 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 Circus of the Stars, she can borrow one of her sister's onesies. I am mad at that. We're going to move on because the Beehive is, I mean, they are sharpening their stingers <laughs> as we speak. So tell me, Kevin, what is your number eight? Before I move on, Beyonce is an incredible talent. Oh, I admire her so sure, much. Sure you do. She is a role model to us all. Of course. So, all right. She's the best. <laughs> and nobody fills out a onesie like her. All yeah. right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my number eight. Or is number, number eight. Yes, number, number eight. eight. My number eight is a little show called My Two dead oh oh go ahead sorry okay okay so <laughs> the premise is uh michael taylor and uh joe harris uh who were friends 13 years ago are informed that a girl they both dated passed away and they're named uh in her will and what uh what she left them uh, is her 12-year-old daughter, Nicole, and one of them is the father. So this is pre-Maury Povich, who could have settled this, and there would have been a show. He could have been like, oh, well, you know what, Michael, you're the father, or Joe, uh, Joey, you're the father. So they didn't know who the premise is, so they don't know who the father, basically, I love the idea of a show where it begins with, somebody died, so that's a great way to start mom's dead and um <laughs> so um by the way 12 13 years ago i banged these two dudes who were best friends at the time and what i love about they're not only are they best friends but they're total opposites one's a super serious businessman who gets the job done and the other one's a crazy wild artist who goes with the flow and he, he guest starring on, on you know the new show called go with the flow <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> 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 anyway, oh, so so it, so basically, it was like an odd couple. Um, yes, of two men and a and an and an old baby kind of idea. But the idea when they had the pitch meeting, it's like, wait, so a woman is dead. She banged two dudes that happen to be best friends. Doesn't know which one of them is the father. Never reached out or said anything to them while she was alive. So my guess is, since she named them, she was, I don't know, I never watched the show, so I don't know if she was killed sudden, like in a car crash, or if she was killed 
like by a disease like you know she was sick or something and but my point is if you were sick or you took the time to actually go to an attorney and write this down couldn't you call these people and say something like you know what i'm not sure but i think one of you two is the dad of my kid and so um can you have a relationship with her or do you care to no it's just like after the fact they're the, that she's dead they just she hands her kid is handed off to these two strangers and so that's another thing so just the premise so does this woman not have anybody else in her life so not only has this girl lost her mother but she's sent off to go live with not one but two strangers so it's like wait my mom banged two dudes and doesn't know which one of them is my father and i've never heard anything about who my father was until now that uh, my mom is dead i get i'm alerted to this just like what this to me is brought to you by the same people who came up with the idea for parent trap who were like you know what why don't we do a story where there are two people that have twins they break up and it's such a uh, it's such a uh, uh, bad breakup they decide you know what let's each take a kid they're identical it's kind of fair because split them down the middle we'll never tell them about the other one existing and we'll move on with our lives and never speak to each other or have our children know about the other one existence until they go to camp one day when they're 12 meet each other and then try to break up our other relationships and get us back together i just like who who's greenlining this stuff i'm like if you have money of abundance like that give it to kevin and i we will come up with some banging content for your network I, I agree. My two dads. And here's the thing. The other thing they didn't account for it. That show is so not timely now when you look at it. It's so not timely because of the Internet, because of social media. Obviously, things change. But also the fact of that was before, you know, there uh, you had men in relationships raising kids you know what i'm saying whether they're married or whether they're um just dating and then they they adopt kids or they have children it was pre that so that it it, it seems so not timely now you know what i'm saying to, to, yeah the, I, 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 I was know. I, you know what's funny i actually thought like how could you do this show today and make it make any sense the only way i, could, I thought you could do it, it would today, have to be gay no i was gonna say it could it'd have to be identical twins it's like that way, it's just like we don't, because the whole premise is there are two men raising a child together because they don't know which one of them is the father. Since either of them could be the father, they're gonna, we're going to both be in this child's life because e- this could be our either of our daughters is the premise of that original show. Today, Correct. we can easily do a DNA test and determine, oh no, Jeff is the father, bye Tad, and you're, he's out of the life. But, but so my thought would be, the only way I thought you could maybe do that now is to have identical twins that both were had sex with the same woman, there are strange identical twins who are very different. One super businessy, and the other one goes with the flood. No. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. This sounds very much like the premise of the first one. Well, that's what I'm, I'm, no. I'm trying to say, how could you recreate it today? I thought the only, only way I think you could recreate it. Yeah, no, I know. It, would be to have them be twins because I think that it's very hard. I think that they maybe can, but I think it's very hard when you have identical twins to establish parentage. So if the, the, the main issue that you wouldn't have today is the mystery of who the father is and the fact that we both have to raise this child because we don't know which one of us is the father. And so 
the by having identical twins you might be able to sustain that the idea that we don't really know and so i might and even if they aren't your child they're still your niece or nephew so you're still related to them regardless and so you you could agree to raise them with your brother that you hate uh, because he's super he's too serious and you hate him because he's too go with the flow and so yeah <laughs> so all oh, there's so much tension and also the fact oh. that you guys were that you were also banging the same chick so the, the whole tension again thanks for listening kids Anyway, <laughs> I can't. I can't. So anyway, so that's why I think the show could still exist. But it would be a tough. I think it should never happen in the first place. Just to be clear, but I did try to think of how I would save it if there was someone said like, "We want to bring it back." I'm like, "Okay, how can we do it?" That's the only way I could think that we could pro- possibly bring this horrible uh, disaster back. But you know what? It actually lasted for three seasons. It was on from 1987 to 1990. Mm, had the nerve to last for three seasons okay. shockingly shockingly you know it really feels like and I, I i know i'm probably wrong on this but it really feels like they were not as quick to cancel things as they are now oh yeah no i uh i think that they are not but and, and the funny thing is i think it, what the funny thing is that you look at a lot of shows back in the day that did get canceled uh, with the ratings they got back then would never be canceled now because there were shows back uh, uh, there was a show I remember called Surface that ended with no resolution it was one of those sci-fi things in the early 2000s and it ended on a cliffhanger and it never came back and I remember hearing that like oh well it only got like you know 12 million viewers a week and just like right now networks with executives would kill for 12 million they views. would love 12 so million it would be viewers. a juggernaut hit today uh, versus like uh, 2006 or whenever when that show was on so uh, so yeah so a lot of shows um, See, they seem to give them more time like they're big famous shows that we all know now have heard of like all in the family initially did not catch on in the first airing and they had to get a they had to build a, a, a what's another Seinfeld was not initially a hit when it first launched it had it had to take a while to kind of heat up and then it turned into a juggernaut and so I think that sometimes if network executives would not just look at numbers but actually look at the shows and be like you know what I believe in this show this is actually a good show and we're going to work harder and uh, on promoting it because sometimes shows to me the real tell of a show is not good isn't so much that it doesn't get a lot of views initially the to me the the tell is if it gets views and then it, the, the viewership goes down that means people saw it the people that saw it decided they didn't want to see more of it versus a show that just like you know of uh, only a million people watch the first episode well does that mean that people aren't interested or they just don't know about it that's true. In my opinion, I don't think they do enough social media advertising. That's part of the problem. You have a way to get in front of millions of people and you could target them by their interests, etc. So, you know, I do see some, of course, if I'm watching something on YouTube, I'll see some things there. Every once in a while, I'll see something on Instagram and, and Facebook. But I think they could use social media a lot more and they would, you know, that may up their views. But I think there's also so many different ways to get content now that it's it's inevitable that the audience is going to be watered down you if you get 12 million of anybody watching anything you're very lucky so just a different day and age all right so tachi what's your next pick which is like i think your number seven yes number seven so we reviewed glow on netflix loved it how the hell soever 
the original <laughs> glow gorgeous ladies of wrestling from the um the 80s is left to be desired so <laughs> have you did you uh did you watch um the gorgeous ladies of wrestling yes um no i have not ever really been a wrestling fan but i i do remember it i do remember it being a thing and um being kind of like surprised by it the, uh, but, uh, but it it actually did have some success at the time yeah it well it yeah it did have a following although um it was so it it was filmed in december of 1985 so we're talking what is that like 40 more than 40 i don't know 40 it, years no not 40 years ago though 1985 would be um like 20 uh 35 years ago 35 well so almost 40 years ago if you think about it, just five shy, uh five shy five years shy of that so we're talking a little while ago and most of the uh, the women were like stunt people models dancers that were trying to get into show business so kind of like what was depicted in the show uh, is depicted on the show on netflix and the show on netflix is great because it's a show about this but the original show itself um mm, it was i remember watching it and i was a wrestling fan and it there was just something that was missing it felt like really contrived they were really of course trying to play up the whole you know sex sexy the, nature well, they, of things well, they were called and, the gorgeous ladies they weren't called the the athletic ladies of wrestling <laughs> <laughs> they were really called the, the the gorgeous ladies of wrestling right well that of course that's a ploy to get uh people to you know to tune in and watch particularly people who are already uh wrestling fans Ooh, gorgeous ladies wrestling i've got to see this I just liked wrestling, so I wanted to see it. But it didn't draw me like uh, WWF at the time it was called. It didn't draw me in like that. My thing was like, rather than do that, there just should have been, they just should have been WWF wrestlers. Like kind of like what happens now, like you've got male and female, that's what should have happened. But they, they chose to do this whole thing and it was, Okay, but well, because the women were basically team. shut out. The women, the the, the women in the, back in the WWF days, they just the, there were very few women uh, that, and the women were basically would be either manager characters or the girlfriend characters that would because the, the storylines of with regular wrestling. That's another thing. I don't know to people who watch because wrestling truly has it's a soap opera. It has storylines, the uh, people that are friends, and then like uh, the, there'll be brothers that are supposedly tag team partners, and then they break up because of the uh, girl girlfriend was with one of the other brothers and so now the their arch enemies he's joined the arch just like it's just it is so stupid i'm sorry okay it's just i that's why it was like it's, it would be different if it was like college wrestling which is actual a sport where it's just like yes this isn't written who's going to win there's there's scripts and everything so that's why i've never understood the people um that there i remember hearing how people were upset that they don't announce like on the sports, uh, 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 when they do sports scores on the news, why don't talk about wrestling? Well, because wrestling is a TV show; it's not a s actual sport. So it's actually they can actually send them the who's going to win uh, uh, the cage match two weeks ahead of time because it's already been written who's going to win the cage match. So that's why they're not announcing who won on WWE on the news. And speaking of that, one of the things that always bugs me about wrestling is no one is more easily distracted than referees in uh 
in wrestling matches. And so there's always a thing where uh, there's a woman who's like a manager or or the girlfriend of a wrestler and when there's like a tag team match or a match happening and then she'll like distract the referee and uh behind the freeze back the other wrestler will take a, a folding chair and hit the other wrestler in the back of the head uh knocking him unconscious and then he'll get on top of him and then he'll say like hey ref and the ref will come out and count the guy out and he's now won the match and just like um you know cameras are filming this that's considered an assault why is it no one no one calls the police so that, why yeah. why why is it always a folding chair that's what it, and there, there are so many folding chairs all around. <laughs> i that's i'd want to be insured about when it comes if i was a wrestler i'd, I'd call insurance company i want to be insured for folding chair uh injuries so yeah I, I i don't understand why people love wrestling as much as they do and the people not only that love it but seem to think it's real <laughs> Well, critical thinking skills are not promised in this life, and clearly they're not thinking critically. So this is the interesting thing about this. It was actually at NATPE, which is a conference that happened. Well, it happens in L.A., it's happened in different places, but for the past eight years it's been happening on Miami Beach. And that is one of the premier conferences where television shows are bought and sold. So people, you know, pre you bring their people and all of that and try to make deals. So it was brought to Nat P in 1986 and you know, they sold it. They, they sold it. It got uh, picked up. It got acquired. So that is um, a super, super interesting thing because that's a, that's a conference I go to almost every year. Obviously that was before my time going because I was little at that time, but it's interesting to see that I'm every year at the place where this god-awful show was picked up <laughs> well i mean there clearly was room for it at the time because of the fact that <clears throat> excuse me wrestling was such a big deal but women were were basically shut out uh for the most part actually rest being a part of a wrestling part in wwe and so wwe has smartly you know expanded its universe or now w yeah wwe not wwf has expanded it and that and women are a big part of it now because it's just like they they like yeah we can use this tna to our advantage absolutely and then the second thing is you know six degrees of separation not that i know anybody there but they shot it at the riviera hotel which is the place that well now the riviera riviera has been torn down on the vegas strip i used to stay there when i would go to the national association of broadcasters show that was my hotel to stay in because it was reasonable and it was you know a decent hotel so i was like wow they used to i never knew they used to shoot glow there but yeah it was shot in vegas so they used to shoot uh, episodes of a glow there interesting so yeah that is my number uh what is that seven eight yeah nine. seven because i think you only have one more <laughs> in part in part one of our extravaganza yes 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 so kevin what is your set kevin what is your seven <laughs> all right my seven is a show that again well, all of these shows are, are what the hell were they thinking? Uh, a, a little show called Work It from 20. Oh, 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 oh,
It is not on my list, but I, I agree with it being on this list. Okay, so um, the show centered on two unemployed car salesmen who realize that they are living in a woman's world. So they decide that uh, they decide that to find work again, they must dress as women to get jobs as pharmaceutical reps. By doing so, it makes them better men, husbands, and fathers. <laughs> I just like control control yourself. But okay, okay, and in 2012, we're living in a women's world because you know what? You know who can't make it? White men. It's so hard to get a gig. So the idea that that they can't get jobs as men, but you know, they, now that they're women, the world is their oyster. Just like, oh my god. <laughs> mm. I mean, and and so I'm sure people are thinking like, but what about the show Bosom Buddies, Kevin? At least with Bosom Buddies, that premise, as wacky as it was, actually made some sense. The idea that it's very expensive to live in New York. There are two guys that uh, they're, they're, where they were living gets demolished in the premise of the pilot of, uh, of uh, Bosom Buddies. They're two best friends. They have an apartment. They're trying to make it in New York uh and uh in manhattan and their their place where they live gets torn down so they're homeless and where are they going to live they're actually homeless we see them like living basically in central park um they were homeless before homeless was a thing and so what ends up happening and tom hanks is one of the buddies that that, that had bosoms yeah so anyway so what they uh <laughs> end up so what they end up doing is they find that there is actually a, a woman's a hotel for women that some woman started some very rich woman's rich woman started where the the rent is very reasonable for young women that come to the city and so to get a place to stay they have a friend that lives there and how the rent is super reasonable and somebody just moves out of one of the apartments and so they basically dress as women to have a place to live because manhattan is such an expensive place to live that actually is much more believable premise than the idea that in 2012 the only way to get a job if you're a man is to be a woman Mm. That sounds like complete nonsense. <laughs> uh, did you watch it? Did you actually watch it? No, I didn't. I thought it was. I, I thought it was blasphemous at the time. I mean, I remember <laughs> the promotion for it was just like seriously. And an, another thing with these shows is the idea. I guess it's supposed to be com- comedic. The idea that these dudes look like dudes with like with lipstick on, but the idea that they're actually the they're, as pharmaceutical reps that that they're they're meeting people and they're they're and people aren't recognizing them as being men dressed as women or at least thinking that they're transgender or something. I mean, I I have no idea what they were thinking. I I, I have zero idea how this got greenlit, and the I uh, and and I love how they try to color it in the to seem like semi woke. It's like oh by being women. It makes them better men. See? What? Well, because that's the premise is that, in other words, so when, they, when they're dressed as women, they experience some of the things that women experience. Like, what? Correct. Se- sexual harassment's a thing? I had no idea until it, abs- it happened to me. Now I know it's a real thing. So the, even that premise to me is insulting. So it's like, wait, so you had mothers, sisters, and daughters. You didn't believe any of their experiences until it happens to you firsthand. And you're like, oh, I guess this is actually a thing. But no, that's, you know, it's kind of, just sounds blasphemous, but it's kind of true. Look at all these men who have, who perpetrate terrible things, who have mothers, sisters, and daughters, and they still behave that way. So, not very far-fetched. Well, anyway, I just thought the whole thing was a st- just no more, no more, no more shows with men 
that are I'm gonna I'm gonna sound super woke that are cisgender <laughs> that are dressing Ooh, as women. You are woke. I am all kinds of woke. I had I've had <laughs> some no dos. I am awake. Um, and so <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm beyond woke. I'm awake. So anyway, um, so no more shows where there are dudes dressing as women to make it in a woman's world. No, <laughs> as soon as you say that, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The premise is so stupid. <sighs> Oh, so yeah, that mm. uh, so what is your last pick in part one mm. of our special? Well, my last pick is actually magically delicious. No, it has nothing to do with Lucky Charms. In 2001, there was a little show that was it little. It was a show that tried to change what was done in American football. Was not the AFL. Was not the NFL. It was the XFL, <gasps> extreme football. Oh, extreme. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So they only played one season, just in 2001. So they debuted in 2001, and they ended in 2001. And it was a joint venture between, we just talked about it, WWF, which is now the WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment, and NBC. So this is all entertainment, Gilly Geards, entertainmently, whatever. Yes, Geards stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And so it was supposed to be an outdoor football league that would play immediately after the NFL season ended uh, to take advantage of, you know, people still wanted football. Well, they still want it. We got the XFL. And I remember at the time I was, uh, there was this guy, we were dating, dating, but you know, we would go out on dates. So he came to, uh, he came to my dorm room and he was like, uh, watching you know it had come on he was a huge football fan i'm like oh, if you must whatever i'm gonna do what i need you know whatever something else so he it was the xfl he's like oh my gosh that's gonna be really extreme like talking about some of the plays and the moves and, and i don't know so i don't know people seem to be really excited about it but it only played one they had eight teams in two divisions and like so birmingham las vegas Memphis and Orlando were uh, some of the cities that they had. So it didn't do well. They lost $35 million on their $100 million investment in the league's inaugural season and only season. Despite you know, you that, know, go ahead. Oh, so you know what the problem was? They didn't have enough. They weren't hitting enough people with folding chairs. If they had done that, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been really extreme. Look, and, and WWE already had the folding chairs, so all you had to exactly. do was bring it from they Studio A to Studio B. They should have called us, Tachi. <laughs> we could have made it a success. I don't know why they don't consult us on such things. So here's the thing. Despite the fact that it was not a success in 2001, here we go again with somebody greenlighting it. It's coming back this year. The XFL is coming back this year headquartered in Stamford, Connecticut, which by the way, I think is also where ESPN is headquartered. They're in Connecticut. I'm not sure if it's Stamford, but they're headquartered there. And it's the successor to the original XFL and um, kind of the same. It's going to be a similar structure as they did in 2001. Yeah, that's a recipe for success um, with eight teams centrally owned and operated by the league as opposed to 
the franchise owner. So in it, there was fran- they had a franchise model up for the XFL in 2001. So now it's like a singular owner. Yeah. <sighs> Why? Uh, what the hell is this? That's well, yeah, all exactly. I have to because say. The, the idea, if 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 there was really, I'm sure they've done focus group, focus group testing on this. If there was really an appetite for more football, the NFL would take advantage of that and call it like NFL uh, season uh, two or uh, NFL plus or, or something like that. And they would just have another. They'd have other teams that would yeah. play when they were when the regular NFL like NFLLL or something like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> NFXL. Um, it's Extra large, you know. So anyway, um, they would. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like I mean I don't know if this is a reference sports people will get, but a, a Alvin Ailey Dance Company they've got Alvin Ailey Dance uh, Company and then they've got Ailey Two. So these are the uh, that's the second dance exactly. Company. So they could They're actually awesome. have so yeah, like they could that. Have, exactly. So they could is so if there was really a truly enough interest to basically have another a second football season in the year then the nfl would take advantage of that with the nfx uh, nfxl um and they would sell you the whole seat even though you'd only use the edge so anyway (laughs) (laughs) oh you're a whole fool wow Anyway, no, it seems like a, uh, the idea that it, uh, apparently like th- losing $35 million the first time wasn't enough of a slap in the face. Not at it's all. Just, if, if you get people long enough, they will make the same mistake twice. It's just like, wow. Now, we'll be, we, we, we may be eating our words like two years from now. Like, wow, I can't believe it. The XFL is a huge juggernaut success. But I just don't see what the call is for it. How different is it from regular football? And the crazy thing is there are other sports that take over while football uh, is on break there is you know that's when basketball starts to shine um and then there's baseball season so there's other things to occupy you in between uh the football season after after the after the super bowl there's other stuff to watch i guess the operative thing is who the hell asked for this this is what i want to know well you know what who the hell ever asks for any of this we like have no say there's some People there that call themselves creatives and say, you know what we would be really cool to restart the XFL that that failed miserably in 2001. Who and then somebody gave them money to do this. This is what I don't get. Well, what I'm happy for at least is the athletes who basically uh, were weren't you know good enough or got hurt and can't uh, are no longer viable in the uh, in the NFL. This gives them some place to basically get a few more concussions before they retire. So that's good. so that's at least they're gonna make a couple of bucks. So there, it's good in that respect, I guess. I thought you were going to say that this is good because the people who were playing in the league in two thousand one now have a chance. They can come right back. I was like, you do realize this is almost twenty years later. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can't. Wow. So I don't know. I don't see, like you said, we could be eating our words next year. I don't see very much hope for this. I don't know who asked for it. I don't know whoever asked for any of these things. So I guess we'll we'll have to see. You know what actually would make more sense than doing the XFL would be maybe more like an international FL where it would be basically America uh, plays, you know, Italy or something like that. That might be. But the idea of just like of the, 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 I don't know, the, the, the Denver, I don't know, uh, 
the Denver Dogs or whatever they would whatever they would call them. <laughs> they they would be called the Denver Dingoes, okay? The, the Denver Dingoes or something like that. Why that? Why people would care? I just I don't know. But again, we just talked about it. People care about wrestling. They don't. They don't. You can't hit people with folding chairs enough. And that's what nobody in the audience never calls nine one one. Someone's being assaulted, and <laughs> they're just like yeah when they get hit by a chair. <laughs> they just stand by. It's like with, with a fight in school, in the schoolyard. Nobody tries to break it up. People just are, are surrounding them in a circle like, get him, Johnny. Oh, oh, so. oh my favorite thing about when people automatically start chanting, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> just like, wow. Fight, fight, really? Wow. Fight to the death. Fight. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really. So, but you brought up an interesting point in terms of having international teams. The only thing is that most countries don't have a culture of football to make that viable. Unlike basketball, where you have other people who will go and play overseas. I know a bunch of people who have played basketball overseas. So you go and you play overseas because there is, you have a basketball culture in a sense there or basketball culture could work football is a whole different animal and I don't know you know to develop teams that can adequately play not only football but this extreme form of football it it would take a lot of money so I don't know if the international thing would work well I'm just saying I just I think if they're if they're going to basically do the same model that they had before what's going to be different about it that's another thing if I was going to put up a nickel so I need to like explain to me what's different this time around versus the 2001 run at this. Why are people going to care this time when they didn't care before? What are you bringing to the table? Now, remember, I don't know if you ever, if you do remember this, but there was like a women's football, like it was called like the lingerie yeah, yeah, yeah. bowl or something like that where they'd have oh, women. God. They were wearing mm-hmm. like push-up bras and they had like pads, but they were wearing basically like bikinis and they were playing football in bikinis. So unless the XFL is like extreme where they're all wearing like, I don't know, like uh, just like, you know, uh, Speedos or something. Jock straps. I, what, what does it bring? I wasn't going to go that far because it's a family show. But, uh, but hey, I don't understand what the what is what are they bringing to the table this time around that's supposed it, to make that people didn't care before why they're supposed to care now. Well, exactly, because the first time the emphasis was not on the players. The emphasis was on the game and the way they're trying to change up the game of football with like more extreme runs or whatever the hell. So the emphasis was on the game. Well, you know what they could actually do, honestly, that would make me care and pay attention is like, you know what? Make Colin Kaepernick a quarterback and then we'll talk. Mm. Hire him and then we'll talk. Let's see how extreme you actually are. That's a little too extreme for them because (laughs) you you know they'd be like, now Colin... But you can't be doing this kneeling thing now. You can't be. I, I, I can see it already. That may not work out. So. All right. We'll see. All right. So off of XFL, Extremely Stupid Football League. That to- was very interesting. I got to say, that's a very interesting pick. I would have never thought of that. That's very interesting pick. I all, thank you. I always thought it was stupid. And, I, it, and I'm not a football person. So I was like, maybe I'm not the best judge of this. But to me, even not being a football person, if I'm saying this is a, a foolish idea, that, that it's a foolish idea. It's absolutely a dumb idea. It's so dumb. Doing it again, again. Running, you know what? Again, you know who's probably, who's probably behind this? Somebody who played football in the past who suffered from many concussions. <laughs> that's, a, that's the only person that would think this is a good idea. 
Oh, gosh. So speaking of bad, well, not good ideas, but bad ideas that people think are good ideas. What is your number six pick? Okay, you've already named a show that, uh, mentioned a show that we actually reviewed, even though you didn't name it, but you mentioned it. So I'm going to mention a show that we, I'm actually going to name a show that we reviewed on this show. Oh, God. And, and I was like, what the? Anyway, when when I even read the, the, the description of the show, like, why, why, a thousand times why? So this is actually, even though we're doing 10, I'm still cheating. This is a twofer, and this goes to somebody's career choices. So it's like, what the F? So, okay, so, um... So this the show we actually reviewed was called Imaginary Mary. Oh damn! You know that's on my list, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> damn! 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 <laughs> oh my god! Oh, In no. the words of Florida Evans. Oh. oh no! We're not having a good time, Tachi. No. Anyway. <laughs> This is the most controversial episode. Of it TV. really is. <laughs> oh my god! But I'll 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 allow it. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you. All right. So, the the show was about. Okay, let me give you the synopsis. It was a workaholic adult uh, woman's imaginary friend from childhood comes back to her, but ends up being more uh, of of a troublemaker uh, than a great companion. So the idea is. Um. Uh. The uh, star whose name is escaping me right now. Oh my God! What was her name? Was oh, her name? Uh, uh. Jenna um, Offman. Jenna. Jenna Offman. Yeah. So Jenna Offman. Basically, the idea is she's like a super serious businesswoman, and she's very successful. Mm. And she um has a cool rock. She, I, I think she was like a, a. She her job was she was a manager for like rock stars and sports stars. So she had a very cool life, and she meets a really cool guy, and they have a great relationship. And then he reveals, by the way, I have kids, and so she meets his kids, and she's t- super freaked out about meeting kids and potentially being a stepmom and so her imaginary friend comes back from her childhood who is voiced by it's, it's a cgi character that that was voiced by rachel dretch from snl and it the show was a it was a stupid ass premise and b it was just <laughs> god awfully executed it was super unfunny and just what the were they thinking when they came up with this idea of an adult woman needing an imaginary friend from childhood to help her be, you know, talk to her new boyfriend slash fiance, uh, his kids. And so that seemed like an idea that would actually be executed and would be a TV show. Now, you could actually make an argument, a fair pitch to me, if you were trying to pitch this as a film as a movie that you would give me 90 minutes to two hours where it's a romantic comedy and somebody basically, I guess in the beginning of it, like is in a car accident and hits her head. When she comes to her imaginary friend is there and she helps seize her through the difficulty of a, of a weekend of meeting her, her fiance's kids and getting through some like tumultuous weekend where they're going to a wedding together and they're meet and, and she's meeting his kids for the first time. And at the end of the weekend or something like that, and he proposes and, and things work out with, the kids and then at the end of the the imaginary friend disappears once she's all happy 
fine. Yes, you can put that on, put that'll be on Netflix and people will watch it or something. But the idea of week in, week out, there's new stories for the imaginary friend to be coaxing like, oh, what? I'm a, that's another thing. The idea, because there was like an, uh, uh, we, we reviewed it and there was like a second episode where just like he, he has some kind of emergency. So she needs to like babysit or pick up his, his, one of his kids from school. And the idea, like I'm an adult woman who's like almost 40 and I have no idea how to entertain a child for like uh, two hours. Oh no, I'm I'm setting the house on fire because I'm so confused. It just mm. ah! <laughs> I detested that show with a capital D. I could not stand that show. This just lets me know that not everybody in Hollywood is playing with the full deck. Who the hell thought that this was a good idea? And did anybody read? The, I don't give a damn who you uh, pegged to be in this. Did anybody read the script and read the premise before saying, yeah, we'll put a couple of million behind this? Oh, you know what they did? Was they said Jenna Offman's attached. That's to me. It had to be approved based on the fact that she had such success with Dharma and Greg, and they're all like, "She's poised for a comeback," and so America loves her. So we're gonna bring her back in this in this way, and that it'll be a hit. Because I can't think of what else they could have possibly thought that this was a good idea. I mean, it just—it's so in it. And even that's another thing. Take notes, people out there who are creating shows. If you have some add a fanciful element, if you remove the fanciful element and you still don't have a show, then that means that your show isn't, isn't the characters aren't well written. So let's just say mm. you remove the idea of the imaginary friend and just have a show about a woman in her early 40s, late 30s, early 40s at the time, I think, um, dating a man with three children who's divorced. They didn't even really show the ex-wife in the uh, in the uh, beginning episode. Well, it wasn't very few. I think it was only like they didn't have episodes. time. <laughs> but, 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 but my point is, if the, the characters weren't interesting enough to hold you, if, if at least they, they made it interesting, just the dynamic uh, and it had any kind of authenticity to it, where it's just like, you know what? I'm a woman in my 40s and I haven't been ever dated with a man with children before i don't have kids of my own and i'm kind of nervous about this and getting into this and the kids are kind of nervous because the, they're still attached to their own mother and uh, how do we navigate this kind of thing and and try to come together and can we do this is this a good idea and have some genuine stories told then maybe but they didn't even try that it was just again it was wacky like oh no i don't understand how microwaves work because i'm a single businesswoman just like oh god seriously Mm. It it was painful. So we you know we watched that one episode and never to return. And I wasn't surprised when it was canceled. And we we, we were actually a bit gleeful. Sorry to Jenna <laughs> <laughs> and and to Rachel Dredge. We love you both individually, but this was oh, a bad was, choice. And the reason why this is a two for for me because um actually honestly technically it's a three for. But Hold uh, the, if you take any more of my things, you are going to have to no this, uh, unless it's okay. Unless uh, this is all about Jenna Offman. So not only is it what okay. the f or what the what the with, uh, with Jenna Offman as far as her choice with that show, Jenna Offman's had, had a lot of what the 
choices. So another one of her what the choices uh, was accidentally on purpose from CBS in 2009. And the premise of that show was Billy, 37, breaks, uh, breaks up with her boss at a newspaper and gets pregnant uh, with Zach, 22, uh, who uh, get, uh, gets pregnant by uh, Zach, 22, who now lives with her in her apartment. Uh, and, uh, so basically the premise was she has like a one night stand after breaking up with her age appropriate uh, boyfriend who was her boss at the newspaper she worked at and so she has a fling with this 22 year old guy and gets knocked up and so something happens where he needs a place to stay in the interim so you know what since I'm pregnant with your baby and you know we're not gonna re- should we even date we're not sure if we're gonna date or not but you can live with me in the interim and so it's you and your wacky 20 something best friends uh, clashing with me and my 30 something female friends and just like the funnel ensued no zero fun ensued it was a stupid premise that not only did she get pregnant by him but then he has to end up living with her and we're going to be maybe friends or maybe we'll date but we'll be friends who accidentally hook up even because you're already pregnant by me so we might as well smash some more just it was the whole thing was so stupid why did she agree to be in it and just i again so she's made some very bad choices then she did another show on nbc uh, uh called 1600 where she played like a wacky first lady and just like uh, ah jenna altman what the uh. well i guess her lot in life is to be wacky <laughs> Yeah, so just bad choices. Bad, bad choices. The only thing I will say for 1600 is at least she wasn't a first lady with an imaginary friend. So I'll give her that. That's the best you can say. <laughs> That's the best I can say. Her, her, the, the first lady in the show that she played did was wacky, uh, and uh, uh, and she had wacky kids and a wacky president husband. Um, and we we have since learned you can't have a wacky president, so that's possible. But anyway, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> But anyway, I just it was the show was that was horrible. So just Jenna Altman, your your manager, your career choices, your what the <sighs> Jenna Altman. <laughs> I, I I I I yeah. She you know I think she needs to. Uh, again, you're right. She off of the success of Dharma and Greg, and she was typecast in a way as a. Not necessarily her character in Dar- as Dharma, but just this kind of wacky. Every character she plays has that kind of wackadooness. I think she could do some serious theater. Well, but again, well, on, on Imaginary Mary, she was supposed to be like a very super serious businesswoman. Um, who, who no, has a, no, I know, but it was still comedic. Oh, so yeah, I think was, she could do something. So uh, anything. You know, honestly, this is one of those kinds of things that take a lesson from uh, the character from Seinfeld. Uh, I can't remember what his uh, what uh, what his best friend's name was. Uh, uh, um, the short, the shorter one. Um, hello, Newman. 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 No, not Newman. No, his oh. his, short, his short friend, the one that was. Uh, I forget what his name is. But it's not not important. Oh, anyway. Jason Jason Alexander. Yeah, Jason Alexander's character. So he did a thing where because all of his choices are always bad and didn't work out, so he decided to just do whatever his the, was the opposite of what his natural instinct told him to do. Do the opposite. Jenna Altman, whatever role that you want to take, say no to that, and every role that you think that you don't want to do say yes immediately it can't go worse than imaginary mary <laughs> unless you're agreeing to be, unless you're agreeing to be in a snuff film it can't be a worse choice than imaginary mary and anything is a better choice than imaginary <laughs> mary. Mm. 
Wow. Okay. So, I can't believe we finished part one of our special, Dodge. I know, and and it's a it's a chock full special. This this was fun. Oh my god, I had the best time. I can't wait to get to part two, though now I'll be forced to uh, come up with extras because you <laughs> took two of mine for the second part. Oh my god, I didn't. It never dawned on me that we, we would have crossover. It never dawned on me. In this, uh, this huge mistake, I should have known that we'd have crossover. We're TV twins. Of course we have crossover. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I can't wait, wait, wait to hear the rest of your list in part two. Cannot wait. And I'm but, excited, too. <laughs> okay, but until we get to get, get to part two, let's do some business. So, Tachi, how can people listen to our show other than how they're listening right now? Um, You can uh, either watch Imaginary Man. No, you can't. Don't do that. <laughs> there are like so many different places that yeah you can listen to us we are on itunes it's not called itunes anymore it's apple apple podcast. apple podcast yeah yeah we are on stitcher we are on apple Podcasts. we are on google play spotify pandora we are also on wjmsradio.com which is really cool we're live Every week on Tuesdays and Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific. And guess what? You can actually go to our website, tvchanneling.com, and listen there. Oh, and I forgot, I forgot um, one iHeartRadio iHeart Radio and TuneIn Radio were on as well. So you can listen on any of those platforms wjmsradio.com live on Tuesdays and Fridays, 5 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or tvchanneling.com, and just listen that way. What about if they hear something like somebody's a diehard Imaginary Mary fan, and, <laughs> <laughs> and they're very upset with the way that we have denigrated oh my God. Oh, well, yes, the show yes, so, and so if, so so if basically Jenna Offman's mom wants to come at us, then <laughs> because yes. she'd be the only fan. Honestly, you know it's funny. I bet I bet if truth is told, if you basically got a couple of drinks and Jenna Offman's mom, she'd be like, "Oh, that was trash, baby. That was trash." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my girl was thinking. I do not know. <sighs> oh so, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay, so pretend Jenna Offman's mom is drunk and she wants to talk about how trash that show was. How could they? How could she do that on social? Oh, Whittle Offman, you're so fun. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, I want to show about basically Jenna Offman's mom and me palling around where we where we go on a road trip to the wine country. <laughs> Okay. See now again. I love the way your mind works. You do like these things are possible. And and we end up and we you know what we end up, what ends up happening. We end up opening a B and B. We when we get there, we we end up staying in a horrible, decrepit B and B. And the owner is so frustrated by it that he sells it to us for a song. And I'll be like, you know what? Should we do this, Jenna Altman's mom? And she's all like, we can't say no. This is too. But this is too good of an opportunity, Kevin. I'm like, oh my god, what me? Uh, a Gen X podcaster and you, a part of the Gen greatest Gen opening up a B&B together that's crazy and me I'm so straight laced and you're so go with the flow so <laughs> <laughs> you you cannot see my face right now oh my god you cannot see my face right now but it is all sorts of uh, I can't believe he believes this can happen but I'm letting you go with it go ahead okay. <laughs> 
It'd be a, it'd be a huge hit. <laughs> And, oh in all God. of this, did you even give the platforms where no, they could do this? Okay. Where she could do so, this? Okay. So, Jenna Alba, if you want to slide into our, our DMs to talk about the, our, our new show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. It, it, it's uh, the, uh, the Grapist Generation. That's our that's gonna name of our, bed, our wine country bed and breakfast. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. gosh. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, <laughs> so if you want to slide into our DMs, you can do it in a couple of ways. You can slide into our DMs on Twitter. You can slide into our DMs on Facebook and on Instagram. We love to hear t- uh, from you on any of those platforms. So, if there's a if there's a sitcom you want me to co-star in or Tachi or you want us to develop for you, you can re- uh, reach out to us. Or if there is a show you'd like us to review, or if there's just some, you're enraged at just the foolishness that happens on this show, and you want to let us know, <laughs> and you're a member of the Beehive, and you're still mad about that, that onesie okay. comment, okay. then you, you can attack us on social media on any of those venues. Okay. And for those of you who listened this far and actually did like this craziness. Wait, did you <laughs> did you name the platforms? Oh yeah, I did. I just named them. I, I said Facebook, Instagram, and um, uh, Twitter. Okay, I'm sorry. I guess I just got lost in the foolishness of what okay. you were saying. <laughs> I didn't even hear you say and it. I was gonna, and I was going to say, if you want to co-sign on this foolishness, then what you can do is write us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Any place you see, you can leave us a review anywhere for TV channeling. Leave it and make it positive. Because, again, you listen to this far, you've got to like us. Even if you don't want to admit it to yourself, the truth is you like us. I can't see anybody else. You really like us. Okay, thank you, Sally Field. I can't see anybody (laughs) else uh, listening for this long if you didn't find some enjoyment, honestly. But we hope you did. And that about does it for us. It's because of you that we do this. So thank you to everybody who listens, everybody who engages with us. We absolutely adore you. And we're going to sign off the way we always do. Bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching people hit other people with the heads with uh, folding chairs, we're talking about it. Unless it's during an XFL match. Cheers! (laughs) Bye.